welcome to this week's edition of A Canadian Schoolie Podcast. This week I spoke with Angel and Alex, who are on the road in Western Canada, but are originally from Montreal. This young couple work in the film industry and live in their bus full-time. From two years to build the bus to snowboarding and fresh powder, these two are living the schoolie life and hope to be in Costa Rica in the near future. Grab a warm beverage, sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's edition of A Canadian Schoolie Podcast. Hey there, folks. Welcome to another edition of A Canadian Schoolie Podcast. Uh, this week, I have a special guest, a special duo, and they are coming to us from Kamloops in their bus, and it's late at night that I'm recording this. Uh, it's 10 o'clock for me and 8 o'clock for them. And without further ado, Angel and Alex. Angel, can you introduce yourself? Hello, um, I'm Angel. Um, I'm a VFX production coordinator so i work in the movie industry and i do visual effects um i live in a bus full-time with my boyfriend and my two cats and uh, i'm i studied graphic design in school and uh i'm alex uh i'm also working in movies uh as a vfx coordinator um and uh i'm from montreal and uh yeah i studied in the movie industry like uh in college uh, that's pretty it. So for both of you, it's no problem. Uh, you don't have to be on set. You can work remotely. Yeah, we can work uh, from the bus, like work from home, but we, home is wherever we want. So as long as we have a good internet connection, which we have a, a steady one, um, a modem, uh, we can work from anywhere, which is pretty great. Yeah. So the, the pandemic changed that. For us, like we were working from home in Montreal, and once we moved in the bus, uh, we could just do the same thing, but traveling in the same time, which is great. And Angel, where did uh, where did you grow up? I grew up uh, close to Montreal on the South Shore, and uh, me and Alex met in Montreal and lived there for a few years, and that's also where we built the bus. Excellent. And Alex, did you folks move? Uh, did you meet at college or? Um, we, when I started college, we, we met, uh, but we were not in college together, uh, but we met in Montreal. Uh, that was 10 years ago. Excellent. So, Angel, tell us a little bit about uh, the bus that you folks are in right now. So we live in a full-size yellow school bus. Uh, like it's a Bluebird 2006. We bought it in 2008. And oh, <laughs> 2018. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We bought it in 2018 actually. Um, and we took a good two years part-time to build it because of work and uh, everything else. Um. We also own a vintage store close to Montreal in a city called Trois-Rivières. So we're actually business owners. It's a physical store with employees and, and a lot of uh, things to do. <laughs> a lot of challenge to <laughs> yeah. I didn't know how to bring this business up, but sorry. Yeah. So, Alex, how was it uh, challenging for uh, for you folks with the store in Trois-Rivières? Oh, so, yeah. So, like, on top of uh, working in VFX, we we have this store. It's a vintage clothing store. 
um, in uh, Trois-Rivières. And uh, yeah, it, it needs like, a, it, uh, it doesn't need us to be there full-time because we have employees, but it needs us to kind of plan um, the purchase we, we have to do with the store. Um, and it, it, it needs, a, it needs a, a bit of time for us to actually manage it. Uh, but it's like, it's, it's been challenging as like we were doing our regular work, uh, building the bus kind of part-time and doing the, the ma managing the store part-time. So the, these three things kind of adds up like to a lot of job, but we, that was a bit of a challenge, but we, we made it. And Alex, tell me a little bit uh, about the bus as well. Maybe about the build. Uh, yeah. So the, so when we bought it, um, like a bit more than two years ago, um, we were so excited. Uh, we wanted to finish it like very quickly, but we quickly realized that was going to be a lot more work than, uh, we were, we were anticipating. So, um, yeah, it took us two years to, to do it. Uh, the first year we kind of planned everything. Uh, Ange was really good at uh, drawing and making like a blueprints of the bus, and we we put some tape on the floor and and uh, like to be honest, the first year we kind of just did the the floor, the planning, uh, stripping out the bus, uh, cleaning the rust, and kind of making it ready for <laughs> for, for the build. And on the second summer, uh, because there's winter in Quebec, obviously we we can't really work in the during the winter, so our our work was focused during the summers. Uh, we we kind of built the whole thing, um, but yeah, that was a that was a lot of work. <laughs> and Angel, where were you guys able to uh, keep your bus in order to work on it? <laughs> so uh, we have to thank Alex's brother Olivier because uh, I asked him if we could put the bus in his driveway for three months and it ended up being two years. <laughs> <laughs> so um, thank you, Ali, for that. But uh, yeah, we actually thought, I read some blog somewhere that some family had done it in three months, so I thought we could do it, <laughs> but it didn't happen. But he has like massive land by his house, so it's not like we were in his actual driveway. Like he could fit 10 buses on his land. So um, he had... He has lots of tools, which we were really grateful because we didn't need to buy or rent any tools. He had everything. So that really helped us as well. And Alex, can you tell us a little bit about the insulation that you have in your bus? Because living in it in the Canadian winter, uh, you need some unique things. Uh, what did you do with your insulation? Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, the insulation uh, is... Um, uh, you retain, um, uh, how do you call that? Yeah. Uh, spray foam. Yeah. Spray foam. Yeah. Spray foam. You retain. Yeah. Uh, that's what we chose to, to do, uh, in terms of like, we didn't want to, to raise the roof. And, uh, since the height is kind of like limited, we, we didn't want to put too, too much, uh, of insulation, like in thickness. So, uh, that was our best, uh, fit for, for the bus. Uh, and it's actually very, very good because we, we've been living in it the whole winter uh, with temperature like almost below like minus 20 something. And that was uh, 
that that was still warm inside. Um, but yeah, we we actually had a friend that did it for for us um, um, because he has a company um, doing that. But yeah, that, that's that, that's what we we chose to do. And what about your floor? Is there anything you did special for your floor for insulation? Uh, the floor has like um, uh, uh, what do you call? Uh, it's like a combination. Styrofoam? Yeah, it's a, it's like a combination of like uh, it has like a, a board of insulation and uh, a plywood on top of it. Um, and it's also um, under the bus. We we did uh, insulation with the the spray foam as well. So that so that's what we have. Um, and, it, and again, like in in the interest of like keeping the as much height as we could, uh, we didn't want to to put too much on the floor. Uh, but I think that's like just uh, enough for what we wanted to do with the bus. Now, I've heard a few people actually um, spraying underneath their bus, and it kind of confuses me. Do you leave all the components and then just spray all over them? Uh, and if so, what happens if you have an issue with one of your components? So we, it doesn't touch anything, any parts that are moving. And before, it's one of the last things we got done the day, actually the morning we left, we got it done um, under the bus. Um, but we planned ahead. So we made sure everything that we needed to access was accessible. So the guy had instructions or where not to shoot but it was i would say a 90 percent of the bus under is shooted and mostly where the middle part is that's where we walk because like under the cupboards it doesn't matter if it gets a little more chilly but it's really the the middle area that was the focus and the staircase to outside because that's straight metal to outside for us mm -hmm. and windows did you keep all your windows or did you remove any we condemned half of them because of uh, just because of like shower and stuff like that and in the bedroom at first we wanted to keep all of them to get I guess those like Instagram pictures where like you're in the bed and like you can see the nice view but then the more we thought about it we condemned half of the windows more through the build because um, just because of heat loss and in the cold the cold coming in and we're happy with that yeah and like one thing from the outside you you don't really see that we some of the windows are blocked because we we, we kept the windows there we just uh kind of like we sh shoot the spray foam on top of them so they and we painted them black just before shooting so they look like tinted window but on the inside it's actually now it's a wall. Interesting. And so when it's minus 20, Alex, what do you do for heat? So um, we have uh, two things. Uh, we have the diesel heater. Uh, that is actually our main uh, heat source. Uh, this can be on like 24 hours um, a day. And, um, and we have uh, a wood stove so that the, the wood stove uh, when we're like parked in the place and we can uh, put the chimney on the top uh, we like this is like an extra uh, heat source and did you buy a chinese um 
diesel heater or did you get something different? We went for the Chinese uh, because of budget, because we busted our budget like a long time ago. <laughs> um, I think the key when buying a Chinese diesel heater is really to read the instructions and make sure you you read everything you can find on the blogs and check a lot of videos. Addicts installed it and uh, I read through all the instructions and we feel very confident with it. And if it does break, because everybody says it'll break at some point, then for the same price as another like company that I won't name, <laughs> yeah, um, you could we could buy another one. So, um, and it actually broke down on us um, on Christmas Day in the middle of Saskatchewan. And the good thing about installing it and knowing it from beginning to end is that we know how to fix it. So we. We fixed it, but it took all day to disassemble <laughs> and reassemble it. And it was minus 22, but we did it and we're happy we can do it ourselves and didn't need a mechanic. <laughs> so now, Angel, you folks have been traveling across the country. Uh, I'm sure you've had an adventure or two, and more than two, probably. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about an adventure you had? For sure. Um, so we traveled uh, from December. Um, we left uh, Montreal and then we traveled all the way to uh, Alberta and BC. And since December, um, we're just traveling Alberta and BC, going round and round and snowboarding. Uh, so we did uh, about 9,400 kilometers since December. Um, I would say our latest adventure was that we crossed the Banff and Jasper national parks doing the ice field parkway i don't know if you know about that road but it's amazing like just alex i don't know if you want to talk yeah. about it it's 230 kilometers of like beautiful mountains uh high peaks uh glacier and everything you you need to see about like uh the rockies like f coming from the east we we we're not used to to see any of this so that 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 was for me the the best adventure yet. Uh, this this took took us like two full days to to go across because we were stopping uh, everywhere. <laughs> like every every fifteen minutes, you drive a little bit and then you find like a a, a nice place to stop, take pictures. Uh, it's just like it's uh, it's very beautiful. And how were the uh, the mountains in the winter time for you with the bus? Um. Yeah, the, the mountains actually, I, I was quite surprised uh, how it it's uh, the, the the engine is strong. Like I, I was I was like I was hoping for I mean, it's ex expecting my uh, <laughs> what I what I was thinking it, it could do. Like we, we can climb pretty much anything with, with this. Well, obviously, we're going slow when there's a, like a steep hill uh, and we didn't have uh, like very wintry uh, um, uh, conditions so uh, we try to avoid traveling when it's uh, when it's snowing yeah uh, you always like if yeah. you have a bus in winter and you're traveling you have to live with your like um, how do you call that like the, the meteo the, like the, the, the weather, weather yeah. okay so mm -hmm. you have to check your weather network app all the time and plan around it because we have never driven in a snowstorm we've never driven if there's like 
even like a little snow on the ground or if yeah. it's even snowing we don't drive yeah basically we stay put until it's like clear and we know the roads are good that then then we go uh but yeah the, the mountains the, the actually didn't scare the 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 bus at all like it's a there, there, there was uh there was one hill in uh in that 200 kilometer uh in the icefield parkway where the i could see the engine uh was kind of going very hot uh because we were climbing for like a good 15 minutes and like it's pretty high there it's right in uh, the middle yeah right in the middle uh but it did it so now is that along the trans canada highway or is it off the highway it's uh it's it's not on the on the one you know on the i i think the trans canada is the one uh highway one uh it's but when you go in banff and um you go north to go to jasper uh that's that that's called the icefield uh parkway that's so it's the it's the only way to get to jasper from lake louise yeah and i believe it's called the 93 yeah highway yeah might be in the 93 and uh yeah that's a that's a 200 kilometer and uh no cell phone tower there so you you kind of be ready to be offline for two days if you or, or like i mean you can do it in a in couple hours but it's worth doing it uh, <laughs> in two days <laughs> we we also kind of went on that highway um how do you say that like uh, on the how do you say that like you know, like when you're just going, like we didn't plan it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It it, it was kind of uh, we were in in Banff and we were looking at where, where do we go next? And we we tried to go to yeah. Lake Louise and it was full of people and they wouldn't allow more people in. So we're like, okay, let's go to Jasper. And then what we didn't realize is that there is no cell cell phone signal signal but like no cell phone signal we thought like okay like the rest areas or the campings are gonna have signal but no there's nothing for two days so our <laughs> families were pretty worried sunday night <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh when they got news from us but um it was beautiful we have so many good memories from it so now nine thousand four hundred kilometers of traveling around that area uh and snowboarding what are some of the hills and resorts that you've gone to so we've uh, we started with uh, revelstoke which was a uh, super cool a little bit too advanced for me because i'm a beginner snowboarder alex is very good um and then we did the uh, lake louise fernie yeah and we're heading now to whistler we're close to whistler we'll be in whistler <laughs> tomorrow yeah so those are the mountains we did. Very nice. And we our our favorite mountain is a hundred percent Fernie. We fell in love with Fernie. I think we might buy a cottage there and retire there one day. <laughs> it's beautiful. We love yeah. it. So do you and, just do you just go for sorry, do you just go for like one or two days snowboarding or do you stay for a week or two to snowboard? Uh just a day. It's the ski. Um, tickets are very expensive. They're one hundred and thirty dollars around per person. So for us and our budget, we plan to only go one per hill, one yeah. time per hill. But what we do is uh, we are actually staying a little bit like close to this town or like in town for for normally a week 
until we actually snowboard there. So we because there's so much other things you can do like hiking or fat bike. Fat bike, yeah. We we did a couple of things, but like in the same town. But yeah, snowboarding is expensive. And we make the most out of our ticket because we're there before it opens, and we're in the first chairlift up, and we stay there until the very end. <laughs> yeah. And you just wait for the first day with the best powder. Yes, we we plan it around the snowstorms for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, have you been to Whistler Black Home? Not yet. Neither Alex. Alex went uh, out west when he was younger uh, to snowboard, but he didn't do Whistler, and he did all the other mountains that we've done. So we're very excited to do it as a first time for both of us. If you have any extra money in your budget, I would recommend two, three, maybe even four days. They're big mountains and they are spectacular to snowboard on. Yeah. Yeah, I bet we can do like maybe four, five runs on these big mountains. Yeah. They're so huge and they have like hundreds and hundreds of runs. So it's, <laughs> you can't do it all in one day. Yeah. Oh yeah, all the all the, the hills we, we did, uh, all the mountains we 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 snowboard they they they're so big you, you basically you need a couple of days but just budget wise we can't so we just made the the most we could <laughs> in one day well you're having a good adventure now with the adventure i am sure there are a few mishaps alex what's something along your travels that uh, went awry and was a mishap yeah we so we had like a a pretty big uh, mechanical issue uh, when we were in Vernon, uh, BC. So that's uh, that was three days uh, at the garage, um, and uh, yeah, it's it's all started uh, with the uh, the exhaust pipe um, had like a little hole, um, like probably like a quarter, um, like a twenty five cent uh, big hole. And um, yeah, we didn't make a big deal of this. That was our plan to kind of fix that like pipe eventually. But uh, in Vernon, what happened is that there was uh, very, very hot air uh, coming out of that little hole directly on the um, um, transmission line. So that eventually led to that transmission line breaking and um yeah that that was like a big uh, <laughs> a big thing because uh we were kind of lucky because in vernon as i was like going to red lights the i got all the all the alarms, alarms <laughs> yeah going on on the dash uh at the red light uh like everything was like kind of like it was making weird noise uh it, it wouldn't shift uh, properly and uh but we were like I, I could see on my left that truck garage was there, like right at the, the light. So we kind of pulled off there. They had a quick look, um, like scanning it. They they could say that uh, something was wrong, but they said, okay, you know, you know we're gonna go. It was late. Uh, they said, uh, sleep there um, in, in the parking and tomorrow morning we're gonna have a look. And we discovered the next morning that all the fluid transmission uh, the transmission fluid was on the floor. Uh, the hose was uh, broken, and uh, the biggest uh, the biggest thing was uh, not only the hose uh, was uh, broken, but there was that this, this coolant box 
um, uh, transmission cooling box uh, that was like so rusty. Uh, to replace the holes, they had to remove it and they couldn't remove it without like breaking it. So we had to replace this. So that, that was like a big, <laughs> a big mechanical issue. And, and, a, and a big bill. Yeah, and a big bill. Yeah, definitely not something we, we didn't expect. <laughs> yeah, your air, air miles points on your visa card when uh, those kind of accidents happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, uh, I, we, we had a little bit of money, like, like aside from uh, for, for one of these occasions, but I, I wasn't really expecting uh, to spend that much, like, on a, on a repair. I think the more uh, what we learned from this is that if you see a small issue, you should fix it because fixing that pipe was fifty dollars. Yeah. On our bill, but then we had three grand of other things because we didn't fix yeah. that pipe. Oh yeah, we we fixed the pipe actually, <laughs> in in all of this. Yeah. So that's a good thing, but yeah, it's definitely something we 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 could have avoid to be honest uh that that hose wasn't broken we broke it so angel is there anything else along your travels that's happened for a mishap um well i talked about the the diesel heater that broke it also broke because of us <laughs> <laughs> it's all the things we learn it's because we actually um we insulated the bus like i told you like the floor under but we didn't realize by insulating the floor that we blocked the exhaust pipe of our diesel heater. So that's one thing that we learned after. Um, but another mishap. Uh... I think that's pretty it, to be honest. Right now, we yeah, didn't have any other issues. One thing that's not related is like to the bus, but it could be related to people bringing pets on the bus is that um, we have a prescription for one of our cats that's diabetic and in BC it's the only province from what they told us that they don't um, they don't accept Quebec vet prescriptions so we couldn't renew our insulin for a cat so we had to find a vet a new vet to accept our cat and in COVID times they don't accept new customers so we kind of had to beg and be like my cat doesn't have his insulin and anyway this big story to say to be prepared and to make sure wherever you're going that your prescriptions whether they're human or animal that they can work because that was a stressful day <laughs> for me <laughs> yeah i'm surprised they uh, don't accept that i don't know why she's she said, oh, we accept from every other province except Quebec. I don't know if it's like laws or yeah. I, I a way she... to make money. I don't know. But for me, I was just like, she, she needed to see my cat to make sure he had diabetes. I'm like, I'm pretty sure he does. And he's like highly diabetic. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it cost us, again, more money. But now he has, uh, we took a, a year um, prescription so now we can go in any any store and get insulin for a cat for a year so that's good so angel with the uh, busa you guys have created is there anything that you would consider doing differently 
for me, <laughs> I would not pack as many things. Like we did like minimize, we thought to the minimum. But what I didn't realize is that there's never enough storage. We have like a big full-size bus and I still find that we need more storage and that everything you bring, it's always like in your way. If you, if it's not hidden in a drawer somewhere, it's just always in your way. So for me, I would like get rid of half of the things that we brought because we don't need. Like I don't need as many candle holders as I thought I did or as much clothes. <laughs> like I packed clothes as if we were going to leave for three years. Whereas I could have left some back home. Yeah. <laughs> and Alex, what about yourself? Is there anything with the uh, the build of the bus that you consider doing differently? Yeah, for me, that, that would be, uh, it's just a timing thing, but um, I, I would do more on the outside uh, first because we were so excited of like, you know, building the inside that we actually didn't do a lot uh, on the outside. And after realizing, you know, all oh, right, the, the ceiling is already insulated. Now I would like to add some bracket to do, you know, to put a like storage box on, on the ceiling or uh, on the roof. Or I, I would like to, to do more um, storage under the bus. Like we didn't think of that uh, super early in the process. So we did everything inside and uh, because yeah, winter was coming in uh, in Quebec, uh, and we had to to build these uh, these under storage uh, under the bus, uh, and it was starting to be very very cold. We were working outside uh, in like minus ten uh, temperatures, trying to you know bolt the bolt the storage there, like do some welding and and all that stuff. Uh, is like it is like just a timing to be honest because we. We built everything in the summer and inside and everything that was outside, we had to do like in November, December. So I, I would definitely do the, the other way around if, if that, if we, if I could think about it. Uh, but yeah, that, that's, that's a small thing, but yeah, because of winter, like it's super difficult and you, you can't paint anything. Like uh, I, I would like to do some of the, uh, on on the roof, uh, do these uh, you know uh, white paint that uh, they they put on the RV just to to make sure not, uh, water doesn't get in and everything. Uh, but yeah, it's not possible during during the winter. So I would definitely do that first. So now this is just your first bus, right? So you can do this all over again on your second bus. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we plan on having another bus one day. So yes, mm -hmm. definitely. I think the first bus is always the practice bus. Yeah. yeah, we're very happy with it. We we did a lot of planning um, and we plan on living in it full time for a good two to three years at least with her two cats. And then maybe at that point, maybe sell it and do another one, but we'll see then. But we, we love it. Like we, yeah. there's not a lot we would change in it. So, Angel, what's a uh, piece of advice that you would offer for those folks who are just starting out with considering either making a bus or a schoolie or they're getting into it? Um, I would say to not give up. Um, the, the first year, like Alex said, is a lot of 
destruction and a lot of planning. So it feels like it's not going anywhere. Um, but my piece of advice would be to enjoy the process because for as hard as it was, for all the late nights, uh, right now, now that it's over and we live in it, a part of me kind of misses the build, like misses learning new things. So it's just to enjoy the process because you learn so much. And Alex, what about yourself? What's a piece of advice that you would offer folks out there? Yeah, um, I would, uh, yeah. So one thing is um, I was super lucky to have uh, uh, Ange uh, planning everything because she really likes to do a lot of planning and that really, really helped us. Uh, so one piece of advice would be uh, plan, 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 and the more you plan, the more it's going to be um, uh, at your taste. Uh, another advice is uh, because we're in Canada, uh, don't underestimate, underestimate uh, winter. Because, um, you know, just the bus by itself, the regular insulation, this is like not a lot. It's meant to be heated with the, the engine like on a you know, when you're actually using it, but when you're living it in it, uh, you don't have the engine running. So it needs to be insulated very, very well. And I'm, I'm super happy we did uh, because we, we are very, very comfortable, but that would be one of one piece of advice because you can't change. Like once you build all the walls, uh, everything, it's very difficult to, to add insulation after. Thank you. So Alex, what do you see for the future for you folks and the schoolie? Um, yeah, for the future, um, I see us traveling all the way to Costa Rica. That's, <laughs> that's like a goal. Uh, that we, I think f like for, for as long as I can remember, uh, we were planning to do such a thing, like even before the, the bus, but now that we have it uh, and we can actually do it once actually the pandemic is over, uh, yeah, uh, traveling um, all the way down there, living uh, in the, on beaches, uh, warm temperature, explore, um, explore other countries, uh, explore the USA. Uh, that's what I plan for for future. And Angel, what about yourself? Um, yeah, planning on that. Um, we want to keep working in the movie industry, but we also want to choose our project and our movies and plan our trips around that so we can take a few months off in between our movies so we don't have to work. Because we work on Montreal schedule. Uh, we wake up at 5 a.m. every morning in BC. So it's a tough schedule to do. Um, so if we could take a few months off here and there, uh, together to really focus on exploring that would be amazing and now are you uh, recording any of your trip to produce anything for yourself um we take a lot of pictures a lot of stories we are planning to uh, do a facebook page on our bus uh, per vintage bus uh, because our store our vintage store is called per vintage so we do a lot of thrifting on the road to find things for a store um so we record everything on 
stories, videos, and pictures that we put on our Instagram per Vintage Bus. But hopefully, Alex, that worked in video, can make us a nice reel someday. Yeah. A nice video, maybe a YouTube. The thing is, we don't have time <laughs> with our business, our work, and the hiking and everything that we do. It's hard to find time sometimes. Yeah, it takes a lot of work. Definitely. But Facebook is the next step because not everybody has Instagram and a lot of people have asked us to do a Facebook. So that's the next step. And we also built a interactive Google map of everywhere we've been, every little city we slept in and everything we did since December. So that's going to come to when we launch our Facebook and people will be able to see pictures, click on a city and see the pictures we took there. So that's also in the works. Well, you're going to be on my interactive uh, Google map as well for all of the people who have participated in the podcast so far. So I look forward to placing you on that map. Yay, definitely. We'll be on it. So Alex, uh, can you describe for those folks out there that aren't yet living in their bus and they're kind of thinking about it, like tomorrow, What's the what's the day look like for you folks from when you wake up in the morning till you go to bed at night? What does that look like for somebody living in a bus? Yeah, so so uh, for for us, like uh, waking up is the easiest part. Actually, the hard part is uh, is at night. But waking up is uh, drinking coffee, um, putting some uh, wood in the wood stove. Um, I would um, feed the cats. Yeah, feed the cats, and uh, because tomorrow is uh, on a weekend, Sunday, um, we are just gonna plan a little hike or something. Like you know, we never know where we're gonna be exactly. So there's this uh, very cool app, uh, all trails, that uh, I'm gonna probably open tomorrow. See if there's something around where we're gonna be um just to to explore a little bit um and um at the end of the day that's where the challenge is most of the time is uh you have to kind of find your new home or decide if you stay where you are uh because uh some places you can actually stay for a little while especially if you, you're like in the woods or like no one sees you you can stay for a week if you want but if you're more in town or like in a 24-hour parking or depends where, where you are, it, it, we kind of need to plan as soon as, uh, yeah, in the afternoon, actually, we have to plan uh, our uh, sleeping spot. So that's pretty much uh, what it's going to look like tomorrow. Uh, during, the week, the, during the week, we have a, a little bit of extra challenge because we, we absolutely need um, uh, internet to work so we need to find a place where the internet is uh reliable do some tests before going to sleep if everything is good then we watch some series and go to bed so angel are you folks staying mainly because in the winter time you can't just pull off to the side of the road and go into the forest somewhere as you could in the summer um where are you staying most of the time? Is it like Boondockers Welcome or is it in parking lots? Uh, where are you staying most of the time? 
I would say most of the time um, we try to find free spots for sure. Uh, it's a mix of uh, Google map uh, satellite searches, uh, iOverlander app that we use a lot, um, some rest areas if we know it's only for the night and we don't need to work the next day. So not staying uh, more than one night at a spot because we like to move and not leave traces behind and not bother the neighborhood because we are not very stealth. We're a big 40 feet yellow school bus. So uh, we're pretty noticeable. Um, but yeah, if we do find in a city, especially big cities where it's harder to find free spots, we did rely on RV campings a few times since we're out west. Since December, we went to camping three nights. So it's not too bad because yep. a camping night is around 30 to $40 a night. So considering we only did three nights since December and we're now uh, end of March. So that's yep. really good. So for your daily life and your experience, do you folks have a budget set for a certain denomination that you try to get by on? Alex is the money person, so I let him answer that, but we don't have like set budgets but uh our main expense is definitely gas yeah and we love to discover breweries so we put a lot of budget on that but we don't eat at the breweries that's a rule that sometimes i break but alex yeah. is the mini person so <laughs> we try not to eat because like it's not like you can be like we can make food at home. It's like the home is in the parking lot. So we can actually just make food right there in the parking lot of the brewery instead of spending money. So. Yeah. Not a specific budget on a daily basis. But we, since we are working, uh, we, we do have like a regular paycheck. So so we know like kind of like what, how, how much we're going to have like every two weeks. Uh, but first thing is like we we fold the bus we make sure we have enough uh fuel to for the the heat and uh enough food then after that it's uh what what's left is for for fun but uh yeah no not nothing nothing super strict we yeah so now angel you folks have been researching and learning as you've been building and traveling who would you recommend, maybe two or three people, uh, maybe between the two of you, uh, who would you recommend for other people to follow? Um, yeah, so uh, we have, um, we, we met Yvan Lacroix um, in uh, around uh, Montreal. Uh, he's a really good guy that helped us with the solar uh, installation. Um, we actually bought some solar panel from him that really, th that was great. He's like very experienced. Uh, he has a lot of uh, knowledge and tips and tricks. I think he's at his uh, third bus right now. Uh, and uh, that that was fun meeting him. I would definitely like recommend him as a, like a, almost like a coaching person. Uh, he posts a lot on, uh, on. For me, it's a weird time because we built our bus um like the major part of our bus building was during this pandemic. But so we didn't 
experience being at a bus meet and then meeting other schooly friends on the road and stuff like that. But uh, we did meet some uh, people in Revelstoke that are building a minibus. It's a couple and they've become our friends. Um, they are called Coco and Cal on the social media. Uh, they're called Boss, like a, like your boss, B-O-S-S, -S, Boss in the Chaos. And they're uh, almost done with their build. And uh, they're based out of uh, Revelstoke in BC. And yeah, you could follow them and, and know what like building a half bus is. And they're really cool people too. Thank you. Now, Alex, we're wrapping up the show. What's a piece of advice or words of wisdom that you'd offer to folks out there? Uh, I would say have fun. It's a very, very nice thing to do. Very, it's definitely a life experience for for me. Uh, you gotta have fun building it and have fun traveling in it. Uh, that would be my <laughs> my words. <laughs> I would say if you're listening to this and you're hesitating, you're not sure if you want to jump into this, just do it. And whether you're building a van, a half bus, a full bus, a double decker bus, it doesn't matter. Just, just do it and make sure you surround yourself with people that believe in you and the people that don't believe in you. Maybe call them once you've done your bus and be like, hey, I did it. <laughs> On that, how do your parents feel about, uh, or family feel about you folks living and traveling in a bus? Well, Alex's mom fell off her chair when I, we told her we bought a bus, but um, <laughs> they were definitely part of the people that didn't really believe in the idea at first, um, because they're the type of people that they have a home, they like the routine, and that's okay, it's just not us. And uh, once they saw it at the end and towards the end, they really were proud of us. Yeah. And um, now they know that anything we put in front of them and any crazy idea that we'll bring, they'll be behind us. Yeah. My mom definitely is uh, following us on uh, Instagram and she's watching uh, every single stories. She, she she gets concerned if she doesn't see a story after a day. She calls us after 24 hours where I didn't post a story. She's like, are you guys uh, dead? What's happening? <laughs> I want to see a story. Why are you sleeping tonight? And I'm like, I'm in a Walmart today. That's why there's no stories. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, my brother also was like super uh, supportive. He, he has a lot of skills in, in building uh uh, definitely uh, helped us a lot uh, with the bus. And um, my sister also came, Sabrina. Mm -hmm. She was super into it and she helped us do the the ceiling, the floor, the doors, and a lot of things. We're lucky. Yeah. Very cool. Now, the American border is closed still due to COVID. Uh, you folks will be wrapping up the snowboarding season at West. Is there a plan to go back east before any other, you know, that trip to Costa Rica happens? Yes, definitely. We're not going to go uh, south uh, until we're both vaccinated and it's safe to go. Um, we, our plan is to go back to Quebec um, around 
end of May, beginning of June, so soonish, um, because we need to go for the store that we own. Our employees are taking great care of it, but we we want to be there and be present, and also see our families and friends if it's allowed, of course. Um, go back to our roots, and then we'll see. Maybe we'll need to be back at the studio where we work at some point. We don't know. So for now, beginning of June, we're back east. <laughs> I, ex I extend the warm welcome for you folks to come and explore the northern part of Manitoba. If you can squeeze in an extra two or three days, uh, you got a spot to stay here. I got three boondockers welcome spots. Uh, come and explore Flin Flon in the north, and uh, you can use whatever we have here, canoes, kayaks. Uh, bikes to get out and explore and you're more than welcome to come and stay and visit uh, here in Flin Flon. Well, thank you. We'll take you on that offer for sure. Yeah, I'd love to uh, meet you folks in person and you're more than welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. It's so cool to talk about this and we love this industry and we wouldn't be able to do a bus if it wasn't for all that's available online. Yeah, so thank you for uh, sharing your story. I greatly appreciate it, and I look forward to meeting you folks. And as for now, enjoy your uh, sleep tonight in your Walmart parking lot and your warm bus, and I hope the weather's nice for you folks tomorrow for your hike. Thank you. Thank you. Great to Take meet care. you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for carving out some time in your day to listen to this week's edition of A Canadian Schoolie Podcast. You can listen to more of our podcasts through Anchor, Spotify, Google, Apple, or from wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to reach out to us through our website, acanadianschoolie.ca, or follow us on Instagram and YouTube under A Canadian Schoolie. Until next time, stay safe and be kind to one another.